0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, it's the 4th of April, 2023. Coming up today, we're talking all about TikTok. What's all the fuss about? And keyboards. Yeah, this time, keyboards. You're
0: listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now here's your hosts Stephen Scott and Sean Breeze. Nice. Got a
1: little bit threatening. Sorry about that. Hi everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a disclaimer for our intros that you know not everything we say is coming up may come up, but we're going to try our best.
1: That's like those yes, yeah, like those shows that start off. And they say things like the views of this programme will not be reflective in any way of the broadcasting yes, yes, organisation yes, yes. behind it, uh, yes. which is also true, by the way. Um,
2: yes. God bless you, Mr.
1: Uh, <laughs> get it in early. <laughs> but on top of that, yes, you're absolutely right. The introduction may not reflect what's actually yes. going on in this programme. No. And that's because we uh, sometimes are driven off course, ironically. Mm. We're driven by you, as Queen once said. Oh, wonderful. Isn't that lovely? Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. How are you doing oh,
2: today? I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share something with you, Stephen Scott.
1: Oh, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just ask. I'm in my shed.
2: <gasps> wow! Breaking,
0: breaking
1: news! Breaking, breaking news,
2: news! Everyone! Don't break
1: anything else though. Just the news.
2: <laughs> now I can get up
1: to my shed.
2: Trouble is, I can't get down to the house. So once I'm in here, I'm in here for life. I got to call. <laughs> in the house to get someone to carry me back home
1: <laughs> carry me back home it sounds like oh. a song doesn't it
2: it was like coming in it was like um indiana jones coming in here <laughs> the dust and cobwebs and now my computer is just chugging away updating Ah, oh, it's it's incredible but
1: john priest oh, and nice. the shed of doom
2: yeah <laughs> you're absolutely right ah oh, but it's good to be back
1: yeah you see, should, should, what you should have done there is gone all blind about it and said, you know, it's the uh, it's Sean Priest and the Holy Braille.
2: Oh, got any more? Let me just sit back. While I'm you, trying to uh, think what
1: the other ones were. There was one with aliens in it. I never saw that one. Remember oh, the one with the aliens? I didn't understand crystal that. Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't nah. do that one. I thought no, nah, nah, that was nah. 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 Holy Grail was the one I liked. I thought that was a, that was a brilliant movie. That was was that the one with Sean Connery in it? Uh, the one I'm thinking of.
2: Yes, The Last Crusade, it was actually called. Yes, yes that's right. thank yes. you. Temple of Doom, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark, yes. Can't get any blind puns in there, sadly. Uh, um, no. Hey, if you know any blind puns, then please email in feedback at doubletaponair.com.
1: Well, as you well know, our listeners do tend to arrive with material. Now, of so, course. Yeah, Negative definitely. Julian, I'm looking yep. at you. Absolutely. Probably. Billy B. Yeah, yeah. Billy B. <laughs> I haven't heard Billy in a while, actually You know who else I haven't heard from for a while? Eleanor. I hope you're all right, Eleanor. Get in touch and let us know you're okay. I'm starting to worry about people now. I'm putting call outs to listeners saying, Are you okay?
3: (laughs) Honestly, we we haven't heard
1: from her for ages, and I'm just thinking, I hope hope Eleanor's okay. Yes, Eleanor, please get in touch. Uh, Listen, today we're going to talk all about uh, keyboards. We are going to talk about it. We're going to get a demo from you all on the wonderful application, the kind of little known application that I now find is in the Windows App Store. The Microsoft Jeez. Store, yeah, yes, uh, called Sharp Keys, and it's a brilliant yes. application because you know if you ever want to change, I, like I have a key on my Lenovo keyboard, I don't really understand what's going on with it. The key is the Alt. Is it the Alt Grove? Is that the name of it? Like, I can never really understand what these keys are. Grove,
2: yeah, I've heard of Grove. I don't know about Alt Grove,
1: but, but it's, okay. it's like the right hand side of the keyboard. It's an Alt key, yes. and I want that to be my applications key, right? So essentially, oh. my right click.
2: What a, what a what an amazing coincidence. Maybe I'll show you how to do that.
1: Well, there you go. Well, we can talk oh, about that wow. on SharpKeys. Uh, the demo coming up today on the show. Also, we're going to be talking all about TikTok that uh, Camille has been in touch to talk to us about.
4: Well, I thought Monday's discussion regarding social media was really interesting. I also enjoyed Sean's rant about Logitech lack of accessibility in their software. It was a rant, but a constructive one. Thank you. On the topic of TikTok, here is what I think. Last fall, the TV programme 60 Minutes on CBS interviewed a security expert. He told us that the TikTok application harvests personal data from the device it is installed on. That in itself is not unusual, but what is scary is the fact that the company that created TikTok is in China and that the Chinese government is controlling all. Who knows for what purposes the data is being used? I cannot see anything harmless from this. If the device running TikTok belongs to some kid, I obviously am not concerned, but there are government officials using TikTok on their government-issued devices, and that is why the governments are removing TikTok from those devices. Now, mind you, it is probably too late, but better to be safe than sorry and prevent further damage. The leader of the Canadian NDP party uses TikTok to promote the party's policies and to attract younger supporters. So, you can see, TikTok is more than just a platform where the younger generation creates short videos. Every day I go for a walk and you two entertain and inform me. Keep up the good work. Camille from Regina, Saskatchewan, home of the Rough Riders. Hey,
1: hello hey. Rough Riders. Rough necks, rough back. I was nowhere near. Stop no saying idea. that. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> rough the rough riders. riders. There you go. Of course, go.
2: we were there. I wanted to pick up a um, a jersey, I believe it's called. Oh, uh, no, I didn't yeah. get a chance. I would love one of
1: those. We didn't get into the store. We didn't we get did it very not. much on that trip, no. to be perfectly honest, did we? <laughs> I mean, I was, other than meeting the wonderful people of Canada and all yes, that wonderful stuff that AMI course. did for us. But other than yeah. that...
2: Other than uh, that, we did... <laughs> I was filming, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, oh I was gosh. in my trailer most of I the time. so weird. <laughs> I wish I had a trailer. I mean, when I did, I did... I, I, was that, that was the trip, wasn't it, that I had the... Uh, the hotel room that was on the secured floor.
2: Yeah, a secure <laughs> lift to get to your floor. And I was down with the riff raff, where yeah. it doesn't matter if I get murdered in my hotel room, apparently. It's all absolutely fine. I, 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 yeah, like you had nothing to do with that, Stephen Scott in the I, have no,
1: I, what is, I had no idea. Maybe yes. I did. Maybe I did. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of TikTok, uh, I want to get into this a bit more, because, and I'm really glad you brought this up, Camille, because the subject of TikTok is... Been something we've been discussing a little bit about here on the show, but of course, it's a very big conversation happening in the world of mainstream tech. What is the big deal around TikTok and and why are governments pushing to ban it? Well, I thought we should get more on this from uh, journalist Charlotte Henry, who joins us now to talk all about her experience of this story. She's been reporting on it on her own a newsletter and podcast called The Edition, which you can find on Substack. And you can also subscribe and download to the podcast wherever you get podcasts, The Edition. Uh, Charlotte Henry, uh, back with us here on Double Tap. Great to have you back, Charlotte.
5: Hello. Thanks for having me back.
1: Great to have you here. Uh, so we're talking all about TikTok today. And of course, the question mark over what is happening with TikTok at the moment, because I think I am a little bit confused, I guess, over why there is such panic and concern over TikTok on, an, especially government devices, and it's government devices that really is where this has all started out. Governments banning uh, the use of TikTok on, on government smartphones and, and that kind mm. of thing. What, what is the panic?
5: Well, it sort of depends where we're talking about because in India, uh, it is completely banned, TikTok. It, you know, it, it's not just government or on certain sites, whatever, it's completely banned. Um, and they basically said it's because of, you know, international. Political situation within with China between India and China, but here obviously Britain and also the United States, are trying to keep some kind of middle act. Try and not allow uh, you know TikTok on work devices in places as you say, like government devices. We should say in the BBC. There's also been some pushes against people using it within the BBC. Um, And trying to say that it's okay for kind of normal people. So it is a bit bit messy.
1: Yeah, well, that's the problem, right? That it it does feel messy. And of course, the argument that I tend to come back with on this is there are lots of companies out there that have access to data. And Mm. if the question is around data, well, Twitter, Facebook, Google, Amazon, they all collect data. So what's the difference between them and TikTok?
5: Well, the answer would be the connection to the Chinese state. That would be the argument put forward by all the countries who have their concerns on making bans of various types. You know, the founders of TikTok were Chinese. um, And there is a fear that basically if TikTok was asked to give any information over to the Chinese state, it would have no choice but to do so. Now, I think we should point out how strongly they they do deny much of this. Uh, I wrote a piece about it and they told me, It's after the decisions were made in the UK um, that we remain committed to working with the government to address any concerns, but we should be judged on facts and treated equally to our competitors. We've been implementing a comprehensive plan to protect our European user data, which includes storing UK user data in our European data centre and tightening data access controls, including third party independent oversight for our approach. They're basically saying, you know, American data is going to be stored in the US. European data is going to be stored in the UK. And even if they were asked for it in China, which they say they never have been, they would not give it to the Chinese authorities. Okay, That's what they're they're saying. They say it's never happened and they would never do it.
1: And the background to TikTok, for people who don't know, it's not a Chinese state app. I mean, this is a company that that owns this app, right? That actually produces it in China.
5: That is correct. It is a private company. It is, And it's hard for us to know, living in the West, how true this is. But it's hard to believe, in my opinion, again, I cannot prove this, that you can be a Chinese company, particularly a Chinese company of that size, and have no influence or contact with the police of some kind in China. Mm. Now, again, completely my, you know, almost without proof theory. And as you know, go back as I say about what TikTok themselves said, they say they have never handed over data and they never would hand over user data. There have been a couple of incidents where of misdoing where you know particular accounts have been spied on or you know shut down or whatever, which the company just puts down to error individual error. But you know, it hasn't behaved so perfectly all the time, TikTok. But what they completely resist is the idea that they are dependent or linked to or feeding at, and have never done the chinese state.
1: I kind of wonder what it is they're getting from the data. What is it that they're pulling in other than you know using it in a way to deliver the content? What are they actually what what could China gain from this knowledge?
5: I guess I don't have a, you know, funny enough, the Chinese authorities haven't spoken to me and told me exactly what's going on. Why not? Even in
1: preparation uh, for
5: this? You'll be shocked to know. (laughs) But I guess the argument would be that really the concern is not sort of everyday people, quote unquote. There have been a couple of uncomfortable incidents with tracking people at TikTok, which they say was a mistake. Could be politicians, etc, etc, where you know, the Chinese state might want more of them. And also there's a thing, a more general thing, where there is some kind of concern about feeding anti-American, pro-China or even pro-Russia kind of information to younger users and particularly kind of anti-American stuff to make them, you know, reduce their patriotism or whatever, because obviously the algorithm and the way the company can control uh, the videos you see is very powerful. So, you know, you, you can sort of subtly change people's viewpoint on things.
1: Which has already been a concern on other social networks as well. And this has come from other countries. <laughs> it's not just unique to TikTok.
5: Oh, it certainly has been a problem, you know, Russian trolls on Twitter and the like. Mm. But obviously, it's a bit different if, it's, if there's a direct link back to the Chinese state. And again, I, I'm trying to be fair and keep emphasising that China completely... Uh, sorry, ByteDance, which is the parent company, completely rejects this as a thing. Uh, Only 20% of the company is owned uh, by the Chinese founders. So, you know, they're they're quite clear about that and insisting that nothing has ever happened.
1: Don't you think that if America had a similar influence in China with an app that they had, they wouldn't do the same thing? They wouldn't? Essentially, be saying uh, that- let's let's try and get the public against the Chinese government and wake them up to what's going on there.
5: I'm sure you're right, um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure you're right. But of course, there is a separate, as I understand it, version of TikTok that is just for China, and China is and TikTok is the version that went into the West.
1: How nefarious is it? I mean, realistically, what 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 are people's concerns here? Because there seems to be like almost an unspoken conversation around this we we hear about we hear about the government banning it on their devices in the u k and in other countries but but what is the actual problem here compared to other social networks i know that, I know that China is obviously the the answer to this, but yeah, it seems to be a little bit more than that do you not think i mean I just think in terms of other other social networks what they're doing what they're up to you know there's there's a lot of question marks around social media right
5: sure i I think a lot of it so Depends which way you want to look at it. So I think part of it is just trying to make a point against China and their connections with Russia. Personally, mm. um, because you know it, it, TikTok was allowed to run good two, two and a half, whatever years. Politicians are on there with no one really making a fuss, and obviously as the tensions have grown, people have made more of a fuss. So there is that. Um I as I mentioned, there have been some instances of wrongdoing at TikTok. Um, it's very hard to know what's changed and it seems highly it seems more political than practical, if you see what I mean. Because if it was really oh, this is so terrible and dangerous, they would ban the whole thing. And I believe yes. in India uh the Indians were very clear and just said This is because we have a problem with the Chinese government. Nothing more, nothing less.
1: Mm. You feel that the UK government in particular have been a Um, a little little bit more vague on on their reasoning.
5: I think it's a bit of a fudge to try and take some action without really annoying all the users that love TikTok, who are young, generally younger users, I think. Look, I I don't know. The, The governments could be right and there is all sorts of spying and problems that we all need to be aware of. But they haven't produced that evidence for normal people. As I say, mm. they're allowing it's only those things are only really Whitehall, where it's being banned. That there is, if nothing else, not much consistency. And you know, you've got Michelle Donelan, the Digital Secretary, praising British, uh, you know, laws data protection laws. But hmm. still, do you know what I mean? There's, there's a bit of an inconsistency to the approach, if I can put it that way. Yeah, it's
1: very interesting. Now, you mentioned the content. You've just recently gone on to TikTok, right? You've started creating content. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what dance video are you doing?
5: Well, <laughs> no one would need that. And this is the thing. People, people think of TikTok as what it was a few years ago, which is, as you quite rightly said, kids – you know, doing set pe- dances and tre- and that kind of thing. And actually, now on TikTok, the the diversity of what you can find there is quite extraordinary. You know, I'm talking about TV shows that I like and things like that. You see teachers explaining things, you see, you know, LGBT people explaining things and building the community and supporting other people. Um, there's just all sorts of things on there that people can find. And of course, what, is so powerful about uh, TikTok is the algorithm, which very quickly kind of draws you into what you are interested in. So, you know, I get lots of stand-up comedy clips in my For You page because I love stand-up comedy, for example.
1: Yeah, there's just so much uh, in that algorithm to be concerned about. Uh, Charlotte Henry, really good to talk to you here, as always, on Double Tap. Come back soon. Uh, You can check out uh, Charlotte's uh, full newsletter and podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Edition, A-D-D-I-T-I-O-N, uh, or you can search for The Edition on Substack. Um, Sean, really interesting, just bringing you back in on this. Uh, just really interesting hearing from Charlotte there talking about, you know, the reasons behind governments banning TikTok. It doesn't seem yeah. like Canada's government has gone that far yet, but it, that might not be far off either. I thought it was really interesting because Charlotte, I mean, she, you know, she's a
2: researcher, basically. She knows her stuff. And still, it's slightly. well, I'm not entirely sure why. No one seems to be giving. okay, this is the reason. Is it data mining? Because there is a way to find out. I mean, there's so many intelligent people out there that can... I'm going to use the term sniff packets here. See what this program is sending out is it sending out encrypted data mm. i mean the, the operating system it's running on has um you know uh, what do they call it a sandbox system in there you know it's particularly ios it, it knows to some extent what it's what it's mining i think data mining has absolutely nothing to do with it and i think it is as charlotte said there i think it's more of a uh, more of a political reason as in you know maybe there's a, a, a a movement of trying to push some sort of Chinese bias from the Chinese CCP. I I don't know. I don't know. But I I just find this, oh, it's it's unsecure, it's insecure. It's something to do with data mining. I, I honestly, I don't buy that at
1: all. Well, I must say, you know, it is interesting because, of course, the challenge would be if they decided to ban it completely what kind of reaction that would get. Can you imagine if they said, that's it, we're banning it? I mean, okay, forget China's reaction to that because <laughs> arguably China wouldn't have a reaction to that. They would say, well, look, that's up to you. It's, you know, this is a private company. They, yep. they have almost got it perfectly set up that, you know, they, they have the answer to the problem sitting right there. Um, but it is interesting because, of course, I think the bigger uh, criticism would come from the people who love it, who love sitting on there. Look, I, I played with TikTok for a bit. Uh, I totally get how that algorithm can be addictive. It is so accurate in a lot of ways, very of quickly. picks. Now, of course, that, there's a reason for that, right? If you start watching something and, you know, you, you stay with it, then it's going to figure out you want to watch that content.
2: Every video so has a set of tags, some metadata attached to it. And, you know, okay, it's comedy or, you know, I'm being yeah. very uh, general about yeah. this, but they, they put so much effort. In. Yes, yeah, that's right. But the, what I'm saying is that the amount of information and tags they attach to a video is incredible. And just going off that, the algorithm can be so tailored and almost... Like like we have always seen before with algorithms, you know, oh, the the computer's listening to us because it's giving me these adverts. It's all algorithms. It just grabs information from everywhere, and it seems incredible. But, I mean, if it wasn't TikTok, then as you rightfully said, I mean, what's the difference between TikTok and the algorithms on Facebook Watch, for example? You know, you, you skip through. You don't even have to double tap on anything to watch it. You just skip through and linger on a video for longer than just, you know, I'm, I'm flicking onto the next one. And it picks that up and you will get more videos like that. I mean, what is the... It is purely the China connection here.
1: Yeah, it and seems maybe to that's, be.
2: That, maybe that's a valid reason. Maybe it's not. Honestly, I'm not that um, political to know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like the... It almost seems like it's a false flag about the, you know, the data mining. I, I honestly don't think it's that.
1: Interesting story. Uh, thank you to Charlotte for coming on and sharing her thoughts as always. And uh, just looking at to some news coming out from macrumors.com today. Uh, this is a new article uh, featuring Tim Cook, who was uh, interviewed. He's on the cover of GQ's Global Creativity Awards 2023 issue. Uh, The interview was with uh, GQ's Zach Barron, titled Tim Cook Thinks Different. I wonder where they got that idea from. And uh, (laughs) jumps into lots of aspects of Cook's career, premiership, and uh, personal life. But interestingly, he talked a little bit about AR and VR hardware. (gasps) Well, at least that's the inference that is suggested out of this. I'll read the quote to you and you can see what you think. If you think about the technology itself with augmented reality, just to take one side of the AR-VR piece, the idea that you could overlay the physical world with things from the digital world could greatly enhance people's communication, people's connection. It could empower people to achieve things they couldn't achieve before. We might be able to collaborate on something much easier if we were sitting here brainstorming about it, and all of a sudden we could pull up something digitally and both see it and begin to collaborate on it and create with it. And so it's the idea that there is in this environment that it might be even better than the real world. To overlay the virtual world on top of it might be a better world. And so this is exciting. If it could accelerate creativity, if it could just help you do things that you do all day long and didn't really think about doing in a different way. that was Cook's comment. Hmm. Uh, He then went on to suggest that measuring physical objects and placing digital art on walls could be just the start of potential use cases for AR, seemingly implying that there are far greater possibilities. Now, interesting, because he's focusing there primarily on AR. The VR part is the bit that I think is confusing all of us, because Apple is not known as a company that would be into gaming. Um, I mean, even collaboration, I mean, to an extent, but not using VR. We'd, We'd expect that kind of conversation from... I guess Mark Zuckerberg around the metaverse and you Yeah. Know, Microsoft around Microsoft Teams. Because that sounds a little bit like what we had when we had, you know, sort of Teams in immersive view. But what he's talking about is overlaying it into our existing world, not being something that is separate. So not closed in metaverse, but actually part of our everyday. And that's quite interesting.
2: It is of course, and that is exactly what a r is augmented reality augmenting digital info onto you know our reality, but how are they going to do that because you could still use you know v r headsets with external cameras to just pipe in a video feed of the outside world honestly i don't think people will go for that i don't think people want to wear that sort of thing outside or uh, in a mobile situation, maybe because it's interesting, he, he focuses on collaboration in a work environment. Maybe VR headsets are a indoor use only thing. But of, of course, what I'm thinking of, and I'm sure other people, is a wearable that I can just wear as I'm going out and about and get that information as well. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know. It's just all a little bit vague and smoke oh, it's mirrors, of right. mirrors, yes. right? We
1: just don't know yet, but hopefully not too long to wait. But it's interesting that he's bringing this up. So this is suggesting, I think, that you know this is going to actually come about. And it's interesting because Zach Baron brings up in the in the article in the GQ article that uh, in 2015, Tim Cook told the New Yorker that he was highly skeptical of Apple manufacturing smart glasses similar to Google Glass as an early AR product. And at the time, this is what he said: "He said we always thought that glasses were not a smart move." From a point of view that people would not really want to wear them, they were intrusive instead of pushing technology to the background, as we've always believed. We always thought it would flop, and, you know, so far it has. Now you zoom forward to 2023, and Tim Cook (laughs) says this. My thinking always evolves. Steve taught me well, never to get married to your convictions of yesterday, to always, if presented with something new that says you were wrong, admit it and go forward instead of continuing to hunker down and say why you're right. Interesting. Oh. Now,
2: that is a little bit more interesting. That mm. does really, like, there is something in the works, of course.
1: Yeah. So no, that's, that's saying cool. is coming, but again, it's what is it? Oh, I can't wait. So uh, when are we talking? We're talking June 5th. I guess we'll start to see... Yes. This uh emerged a couple of months away, so not far off, but yeah, I, I must admit, this is one this is one WWDC I am very excited about. And I think a bit like artificial intelligence we're gonna be talking about for some time.
2: Oh absolutely. Um, and I tell you, if it yeah. if it turns out to be your normal VR headset, I will be incredibly
1: disappointed because yeah, me too. I think Apple will do better than that. I hope so. Uh, Well, we'll see. Uh, Okay, uh, stick around. More to come, including a demo of Sharp Keys. Very exciting. We'll talk about that. It's a PC application that can help you remap keys on your keyboard. Sean has the deets. Like that, the deets. Oh, (laughs) Next, I've turned into one of the youth.
2: You're so cool. Follow Double
0: Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And email us feedback at DoubleTapOnAir.com. We'll be right back.
1: This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Now, coming up, we're going to talk all about Sharp Keys and uh, this demo that you put together, Sean. Looking forward to hearing that. First, though, I want to bring in a voicemail from one of our regular listeners,
3: Darren. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley in Kent. I enjoyed the real, the interview regarding Be My Eyes with uh, Hanson and Stephen, I think it was. I think it's uh, really cool the way the direction is going, especially with that virtual volunteer. Um, I haven't used Be My Eyes that often, but when I have used it, uh, it's been a very pleasant experience. Regarding the Voxivision, um I managed to find out a bit more about it. As well as OCR and Magnifier, it does have QR code reader, RFID tag reader, and labeler, And also a voice recorder and money identifier, although if you're in the UK, which I am, I don't see why you would need that unless you can't feel the markings. Regarding cold showers, I have had cold showers. (laughs) Did I enjoy it? Uh No. I would say don't have them at all if you're feeling unwell. And when you start, if you decide to start, build up to it gradually gradually. My advice will be to have it near the end of the shower first, have the hot shower, and then have uh, 30 seconds to a minute cold and then build up. The good thing about a cold shower is you don't need so much soap because it goes a lot further. It doesn't evaporate. Mm-hmm. And it stops the bath from steaming up, which is a good thing. And it's cheaper. Till next time, I don't think there's anything else. This is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you very much.
1: Bye. Oh, honestly, you, you get it. Thank you so much, Dan. You get it. So every you get everything here. And people it's a tech just,
3: show, honestly.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> we give it all. That is for sure. Yeah, cold showers. We were talking about the other day because I was saying about how I've that, totally forgotten and... why. I was hoping you'd give me yeah, some context. Rem- remember, we were talking about cold showers were good for you and sleeping. Oh, sleeping. lots and lots of sleep. That's right. Yes, yes, I do remember. Very well, I'm, good. I'm good at the sleeping part. That part I can do. I must admit, it's weird, right? The past few weeks, I've had real... De- I don't know, when the clocks changed, I had a real problem trying to get my body clock back in. I'd be like up at four o'clock in the morning, could not work out why I wasn't I sleeping. Messaging oh, me. Yeah. yeah, usually saying, are you awake? Going <laughs> to record a show? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. You just were in your little dining room at the time and you thought, I don't want to wake the whole house up doing no, this. No, exactly. Um, Which, yes, is a fair point. <laughs>
2: That was very good, Darren. Uh, that Voxy, so it's got more than just, you know, it's packing quite a lot in. And I suppose that's the way they've got to be, really. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, the competition, as everyone says with smartphones and especially the Blind Shell Classic, too, you need to add extra functionality in there.
1: And it seems like they're packing it in. Yeah, well, we're going to get, uh, we've had Jason Sean before uh, talking to us all about uh, you know, lots of different products, especially low vision products. He's from Vision Aid in the yeah. uk uh i think it'd be good to get uh jason back on if he's up for it uh, to come back on and tell us a bit more about all this uh so yeah we'll get in touch with him to find out more about voxy they stock it in the uk so we'll um we'll find out more about that from him uh, let's move on though because i want to talk about this Sharpkeys uh application it's funny actually i tried to install it yesterday on my pc i, I went into the app store i searched for it online it came up and it was in the uh, microsoft store so i thought oh great i'll install it from there and it's been installing what for i think about three days now i don't know or two days <laughs> I, I, it's just i will not stop installing i don't know what it is if it'll ever actually get there wow
2: i think you i gotta say that the, the microsoft store isn't a great experience no um, not it, you perfect. don't get a, a huge amount of feedback from it but it, it's you know you can get around it it's more accessible than it used to be i mean it used to be terrible yeah i just find it it's a lot of I'm going to say tapping around. There's mm. so much, you know, to get to the search bar at the top. Sometimes you start there almost immediately. Other times I've started, you know, almost at the bottom of a page for some reason. Yes. Um so there's quite <laughs> a lot of uh, hunting around for what you're looking for, but it's okay. And we are seeing more apps like this and, and WhatsApp in the,
1: in the Microsoft Store, which is nice. Yeah, the Quick Assist one as well. That's now in there if you want to update that Notepad you get from there now as well. Do you? The updated, yeah, the updated Notepad you get wow. from there. It says they're moving a lot of the apps into the app store which always makes me a little bit nervous because you think at some point is this going to get monetized is this going to have a, a fee attached to it <laughs> notepad <laughs> nine ninety nine a month <laughs> hey listen it wouldn't surprise me no. it would not su- I've just I've just signed up to Castro the, uh, the podcast app on uh, iPhone uh, it's got some interesting features to it and I thought I would check it out it's got a 7 day free trial and then it's like 18 or $19 a month uh, no no sorry not a month a year um, oh, there's well, a difference. Yeah, it's quite a difference. Uh, $19 a year, which, again, you think to yourself, but I could just use Apple Podcasts and it's free. But there are obviously benefits to having other apps. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I will be talking about that in the coming I weeks. I expect a review. Yeah, well done. I've been looking for a really good, not not so much that there's anything wrong with the Podcasts app. I know a lot of people tend to go down the route of Overcast, Downcast, no. Castro, uh, there's lots of reasons why, and one reason in particular, Overcast was very popular, was because you could add audio via your browser. So say you had an audio file you wanted to listen to on your phone, uh, you could actually just load it through the browser, and it would appear on your device. So, really good. What?
2: How does that work? I'm, I'm confused by well, that's that. It's almost that's
1: like that. a little cloud of its own. You know, I had this little cloud, and you could just say, ah. you know, I want to Dropbox, essentially, a file onto this device that was the way to do it. You would do it through this Overcast, I think it was .fm or whatever it was, website. You would go there and you could actually just drop the file and it would appear on your device. So that was like, that's, like that's a little cool. mini, mini Dropbox. It was cool. Yeah,
2: okay. So I think Castro's got back. something
1: similar and I think there's a few other things you can do with it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to testing all that out. Uh, but I'll get into that another day. Let's talk about Sharp Keys. Uh, this is Sean demoing Sharp Keys.
2: Recently, I showed you the joy and pain that is Logitech options software. The software that allows owners of Logitech keyboards to not only change the settings for that keyboard, but more importantly, change what various keys on your keyboard actually do. Cool! Except for a few problems. Firstly, for screen reader users, it's a painful experience. Unnecessarily so. Unlabeled buttons, terrible navigation. No. Stop it, Logitech. Sort it out. And secondly, it only works With Logitech keyboards. So what if you don't have a Logitech keyboard? Well, there is a similar program that will work with any keyboard and it's called SharpKeys. With this program, you can change any key on your keyboard to be any other key on your keyboard. You want your caps lock to be your delete key? No problem. Spacebar to be your tab key? You're crazy, but hey, you can do it. There's a lot going for SharpKeys. It's a free program. Hurrah! And also, it's just really simple. So let's just get to it. As ever, I'm using a Windows 11 PC and running the NVDA screen reader. You'll find the SharpKeys program in the Microsoft Store. So open your Start menu, type in Store, hit Enter, then search for SharpKeys. That's S-H-A-R-P space K-E-Y-S. Then just tab through the search results until you hear sharp keys, press enter, then tab until you hear the install button and hit enter on that. Easy. Now we've installed sharp keys. Let's open the start menu and open it up. List. The first place you'll find yourself in is the list area. In here, you'll find a list, obviously, of all the keys that you've changed so far. Because this is my first time running it, it's currently empty. If I press the up or down arrow, it does nothing. So let's hit tab to go to the next thing. Add button, alt plus a. The add button. This is where the magic happens. So here we add the key that we want to change. So let's hit enter on that.
6: Map this key, grouping, list, app, calculator, E021.
2: Okay, on first listen, this screen can seem a little bit complicated, but honestly, it really isn't. It's so simple. As you heard, it said map this key and then list. So where we are now is in a list of every possible key you can think of for any keyboard. And all we need to do is go through this list and select the key that we want to change. The list is organised into groups. You also heard there that it said I'm currently on the app calculator key. Some keyboards have a group of keys specifically for opening specific apps. So for example, if I arrow down now, the next key is
6: app mail E06C. And arrow down again. Media select E 60
2: And so on. Now, don't worry about that cryptic number you hear after the key's name. That's just how the computer references that key. You don't really need to worry about that for now. Anyway, the key that I want to change on my keyboard is the right control key. You know that group of keys to the right of your spacebar? Well, I never use them. So on this keyboard, I've got the spacebar, and if I move to the right, I have the right Alt key. And if I move along again, the function key and move along again, the right control key. So that's the one I'm looking for in this list. Now, I happen to know it's quite a way down. So I'm just going to page down through this list until I get to the right place. Page down.
6: lock task pane E03D.
2: Hmm, now I'm in a group called Flock. I have no idea what that is. Let's page down a bit more.
6: Function F1003B.
2: Ah, the function keys. I do know these, but it's not what I want. So page down again. Key
6: six zero 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 seven.
2: Ah, now I'm in the group called keys. And these are just your generic keys, your alphabet and your number row, etc. Not what I'm looking for. Page down.
6: Num plus
2: 004E. Num. These are the keys that make up your number pad. Not for me. Page down. Special application E05D. Ooh, the special group. This is for me. Now, these keys are keys such as the Windows key, the page up, page down, control, caps lock, all those special keys. This is where I'm going to find that elusive right control key that I'm looking for. If I was to carry on going down through this list, I will find two more groups of keys, unknown for all the keys that really don't have a category, and web, you know, for back, forward, home, favorite, things like that. Anyway, let's arrow down until I find...
6: Special, right control,
2: E01D. There's the cheeky little monkey. Now that I've found the key, I don't have to hit enter or space on it to select it. The fact that I've got focus on it is all I need to have that key selected. So let's hit tab for the next step. Type key button alt plus K. Ah, now this had me confused for the longest time. As far as I can make out, these next two buttons that I'm going to show you are a different way to achieve the same thing we're doing now. If I was to hit enter on this type a key button, a window pops up and it just waits for me to press any key on my keyboard. And that's the key that I'm saying I want to change. Sounds so much easier than going through the list, right? But the problem is there's no way to get out of this box other than clicking on the OK button with your mouse. Because think about it, you can't press the tab key to move to the OK button because it thinks that's the key you want to change. You're stuck in here, at least if you're using a screen reader. And we hit the same problem with this next button. To this key grouping,
6: type key button old e.
2: Again, if I hit enter on this button, the window will pop up and it will wait for me to press a key. This time, the key that I press here is the replacement for the key I selected in the first box. So, for example, if I press control in the first box and I pressed windows in this second box, then every time I press the control key, the start menu would come up. Again, sounds nice and easy, but we're stuck in here if you can't use a mouse. So I ignore these buttons and we're just going to tab on to the next item.
6: List. Turn key
2: off 0000. zero, zero, zero. OK, so now we're in a second list of every key you could possibly think of. The key that you select in this list is the key that will replace the, well, in my case, the right control key or whatever key you selected in that first list. Confused? (laughs) Don't be. I'm going to show you exactly what I mean. So on this keyboard, the application key or the context menu key, whatever you want to call it, is near enough in the top right-hand corner. And I don't like it there. It feels awkward. So my right control key, I want to change that to be the applications key that's where I like it to be so in this list I need to look for the application key again I know it's in that special group so I'm gonna page down until I get there
6: f lock, function key zero zero tw- key h logitech i touch none four zero zero four special escape
2: whoa yeah stop I'm here okay so now I'm in the special group I'm just gonna arrow through this list until I find the application key
6: special delete e053 Special Caps Lock 003 AM Special break E046 Special Backspace Zeros Special Application E05D There it is!
2: That's the one. Now again, I don't need to hit space or enter on this to select it. Just having focus is enough. So now I've chosen the replacement key. Let's hit tab. OK button. The OK button! Yep, that's right. Hit enter on this and you're done. Well, very nearly. It will take you back
6: to the first sharp key screen. Sharp keys, list, special, right control, E01D, to this key, special, application, E05D, one of one. And there you go. Now, in that
2: list of modifications we've made, we have one entry. We've remapped the right control key to the applications key. Well done us, but we're not quite done. Let's tab on. Add button, alt, plus a. There's the old add
6: button. We've done that. Next. Edit button, alt, plus e. Delete button, alt, plus d. Delete all button, alt, plus l. Edit,
2: delete, and delete all. Obviously, those three buttons are all to do with the modifications you've already made there. You can edit previously done ones or delete them or delete everything and start again. Let's press tab again. Right to registry button. Alt plus W. Right to registry button. Now, this is a very important button because all the changes that we've made so far haven't actually been applied. Nothing's changed until we hit enter on this button. When we do that... The changes that we've made will be written to the registry, which is basically the Windows setting. So let's do that now.
6: Sharp keys dialog key mappings have been successfully stored to the registry. Please log it or reboot for these changes to take effect. OK button.
2: And as you heard, all we need to do now is either reboot the computer or log out and log back in again, and the changes will take effect. And that's it. We are done. You now know how to remap a key... On any keyboard. Now before you rush off changing keys or willy nilly lily, that's a word, honest. Let me just say this. Please be careful when using this program because you can get yourself into a bit of trouble. The last thing you need is finding yourself in a situation where you've changed the enter key or the spacebar or the tab key, etc., and you find that your keyboard is pretty much unusable. So please be careful. Anyway, that's it. Enjoy
1: another excellent demo. Thank you for that, Sean. It is a great application. I mean, it's just, it's just so useful.
2: It to, I, to do what you want to do,
1: right? Just move some stuff around. It like get an insert key from nowhere. Yeah, exactly right. And it's it's surprisingly
2: simple. It it does. It took me a while to get my head around it because you know there's just so many lists in there. But actually, it does make sense once you know what you're listening out for. I will say there are a couple of other options there. Um, you can. Uh, export and import those uh, list of changes that you've made, those key remaps. So for example, you know, I could do it all on one computer and then export that list of keys and uh, it import it into SharpKeys on another computer. So you can carry it around with you or share them with people. So um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. But as I said, you do need to be slightly cautious with it. Don't hit that write to registry button until you're absolutely sure... You know, you're not going to do yourself any, um, cause yourself any problems with your keyboard. Is it maybe a good idea to have
1: that as a backup anyway? So, for example, if you reset your computer, you have to reinstall Windows for whatever reason, you, because I'm guessing at that point, it's just going to reset everything back to where it was. So, having that ability to re import those options. Oh, yeah, absolutely good.
2: If if you you know if you change quite a few keys, I'm not sure how many people are going to change a, you know a quite a few keys on their keyboard. Maybe mm. one or two, or swapping. You know, if you've got a couple of different keyboards where the control and alt are in different places, then yes. But I I don't know how big that list is ever going to be, and it's quite simple to add them anyway. But yes, you could export a backup of all the changes you made just in case.
1: And is this? An app that's being actively developed. I mean, is it continuing to develop? Because I mean, I asked this because when I was testing out last night, uh, trying to set up this uh, applications key, the challenge I was having was it was telling me the key I was pressing wasn't supported, and I thought that's interesting. So what is that? Oh, really? It said well, you you know go to the website, you know check if there's a newer version, and that's why I tried to install and I'm still installing I and will be forever and a day installing that, this new that's- version.
2: That is very strange why Microsoft Store is doing that. Um, yeah, as far as I know, I think the source code is actually available on GitHub. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but I, I don't know how active the development is. But um, the list of keys is extensive. Mm-hmm. And actually, that, that key where we get stuck in, if we're a screen reader user, type a key. Um, there's a, a group in that list of unknown keys So if you've got keys on your keyboard and you're actually not sure where that is in the list or what it's called in your list, if you've got some side assistance to get you out of the window, you can go to that type of key button, press the key you want to change but you don't know what it is on your keyboard and it will jump to it on the list um yeah why why your application key is saying it's not supported honestly i don't know but um yeah i would definitely keep an eye and let me know how you get on after you finally finish installing the microsoft store (laughs) version it may be maybe better
1: uh listen before we go just a quick mention on a couple of shows coming up of course this week uh we have easter on the way so uh we will be off on friday so no show on friday sean you can relax I'm going to gorge myself on
2: hot cross buns and, uh, is it chocolate eggs? I, I can't remember.
1: Yes. Of course it's chocolate eggs, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> chickens, something. I have to say, I've already been uh, gorging on chocolate eggs already. Um, yeah, for the last 40 years. Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm not one of those people that follow the rules on this one where you're supposed to wait until the, I guess, the Sunday. Uh, I don't do that. I tend to gorge a little bit in advance. I, I, buy like I buy yeah. the cheap ones i buy the cheap ones for the no, kids they're
2: terrible chocolate it tastes weird all oh crumbly stop and, and, it oh, no. nonsense
1: Boo. Uh, but listen coming up this week interesting chat tomorrow we've got lucy begley joining us from human to talk all about not about eggs but to talk about the oh. stellar trek um Ooh. because we had to, uh we had lucy on the show on the double tap tv show um but she's back with us here on Double Tap this week to talk a bit more about it. Because I think we, we've talked a lot about it from user perspective, but we've never actually had a demo from the company themselves. So Lucy uh, is from uh, Humanware, and she joins us tomorrow on the show to talk all things Stellar Trek. So we'll get a demo from her on that. Looking forward to that. Also, uh, just to say on Thursday, we are going to be joined by Jeff Bishop. Uh, Jeff is uh, from uh, Microsoft. He is a uh, program manager, works on the team that builds Narrator. And he's going to be here to Ooh. talk all about the new Designed for Surface certification. We were uh, chatting, if you remember, with Andrew Flatres last week, all about that from HumanWare. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Jeff talks a little bit about that, but he also goes into a bit more detail on what they've been doing behind the scenes at Microsoft to make narrator work better with Braille displays. It's a really interesting story, actually. The amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to make this thing accessible is is incredible. So he talks about that, and we get into a chat about AI and and all kinds of things. You know, (laughs) essentially my question to everybody these days is, do you think it'll take your job? (laughs) Because that ultimately is where it seems to be going, right? Um, And then the weekend, uh, we are back on Saturday. We're going to be giving you a chance to hear our conversation, a very popular conversation we had with uh, Mike Buckley and Hans Weiberg, and a little bit extra in that conversation as well, coming up on the weekend edition on Saturday. So lots to come here this week. But just a reminder: we will not be here on Friday because uh, even the double tappers deserve a day off, or at least that's what I tell you. I don't know if Mister F agrees with that, but we'll. Uh,
2: Good bless you, Mister F. We'll find mind. out when
1: we're cancelled on Monday. <laughs> um, Listen. Keep your comments coming in. Lots of your emails coming through. Laura is reading them as fast as she humanly can. So do keep the uh, emails coming. The inbox is flooding as always, and it's it's just great. I love going in there every day. I go into the inbox and I hear or read another one of your messages, and I just think this is just so great. We're we're building up, I think, a great community of people who yep, are you know absolutely. helping each other. That's what I love about this. It's not just you know coming and tell us about what you've thought about what you've heard, actually coming to us with tangible ideas and giving us some food for thought. I mean, we wouldn't have even known about the Voxy had it not been for Darren.
2: No, that's right. Yeah, We'd never never heard heard of the Voxy,
1: never at at all. Although it is interesting, because I was on the uh, Vision Aid website the other day, the company that sells it, and there's lots of interesting new products out. So we'll be getting into a lot of that. We'll get Jason from Vision Aid on to talk about some of those products as well. But in the meantime, keep your feedback coming. The email address, feedback at doubletaponair.com. The number, Sean? I love doing this to you. Uh, is oh No. Uh,
2: is one yes. two no. eight
1: okay come on I don't know <laughs> I've forgotten one eight let's do it together one eight, uh, eight seven, seven 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 eight zero three four five six seven there you go hey. oh, congratulations thank you it's so nice of you back in your shed
2: ah it feels like I'm home it, it does feels feel like feel I'm like in that. A, a, a a warm bath. ask a question have you
1: figured out how you're going to get out of the shed yet no and um i think i'm gonna have to call someone to come and rescue me brilliant well we will uh, catch you back in the shed tomorrow because you'll probably still be in there (laughs) yes (laughs) you sleep in there from now on well listen you go and hug your shed and uh, we'll catch you again tomorrow thank you as always for listening and don't forget find us across social media at double tap on air we're back tomorrow